Welcome to the Heart of Dating Podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Why, hello, my dearest Heart of Dating family. It is so lovely to have you back again this week for another special Heart of Dating Select episode. Now, whether you are new, brand new to our family, or whether you've been around forever and are truly a tried and true Heart of Dating listener, we wanted to bring back some of our top content and most listened to episodes for you during this season. So today, we're bringing back an episode from a year ago with the amazing Megan Caston, who co-runs and founded Marriage 365, a nonprofit dedicated to helping couples connect on a deeper level. She and her husband Casey reach millions of couples around the world each month with their resources, including books, retreats, online courses, and webcasts. So today, Megan and I walk through the top dating red flags to look out for in relationships. We get all sorts of real in this conversation. We also talk about Brene Brown, and it's just incredibly insightful full and really challenging. Now, before we get into the episode, I just have a quick question for you. Have you taken the plunge yet to jump in in our new digital dating platform called Drop the Hanky Digital Dating? You guys, I hear women specifically saying all the time, where are the good Christian men, Kate? There are just no good Christian guys out there. And while I get that dating can be frustrating, I also know that God did create amazing single Christian men. He did. He created billions of men. If you want proof, then come and see it for yourself on Drop the Hanky Digital Dating. We created this platform as a new form to online date. Basically, it's a service that features videos of Christian single men from around the world of varying ages. So if you want to give it a shot and just see what we have to offer over on this new service, come join us for $9 at bit.ly forward slash drop the hanky. Also, I got to say this, if you are a single dude listening, or if you know a single dude, the way we can continue to spread this program and grow it is to nominate the single people that you know, the single awesome Christian dudes that you know. You can do this by going to bit.ly forward slash single dude. Now, for the guys, I know it takes vulnerability, but isn't it worth it to try something different and potentially have a whole bunch of women contact you? Just see what happens. It's a win-win, I promise you. Here's some things people have been saying about the program. I love it. It stretched my heart to venture and see possibilities again. It's helped my confidence for dating in general. It's taught me that rejection is okay and it's not the end of your story. Word to that. It's encouraging to actually see that there are Christian men that really do exist. Yes, come on now. You guys, we are loving this program and I hope that you will give it a shot and join in on the fun with us at bit.ly forward slash drop the hanky. Okay, without further ado, here's my conversation with Megan Caston. Megan Caston, girl, welcome to Heart of Dating. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> so excited. Thank you for having me over at your house today. Yes. For this awesome conversation. <laughs> in my 
a film studio slash office that's probably really ugly to you. It's not ugly. This is genius with all the foam. This is perfect. This is what I need up in LA, but I'm living in the sticks up in LA. Sometimes I record, we were talking about that in my closet. So, you know. Hey, it's all good. Glamorous life of an entrepreneur. Exactly. Oh, exactly. We're like, if you really knew, I was just wearing athleisure on the bottom and just, yeah. A hundred percent. Half the time on my videos when people see us at Marriage Tree 65, um, I'm wearing pajama pants. Exactly. Up Perfect. on top, I look great. You know, like I, I have wearing... makeup, and, <laughs> but on bottom, oh, and then right after, I just change back into the normal- Pajamas. The, exactly. <laughs> you get me. It, no, girl, we get it. Um, so tell everyone who you are. You and your husband, Casey, do such incredible things, and and I just want them to find out more about you guys if they don't already. So tell tell me what you do. Absolutely. So my husband and I, we've been married almost 16 years. Mm-hmm. Um, his name's Casey, and we met in college, and marriage was mm-hmm. never really on our radar because we had a really bad marriage. Mm. You know, honestly, dating was really easy and fun and engagement was amazing. And from the moment we got married, we had problems. Mm. And so fast forward, I mean, we were able to work through our issues and you'll get to hear a little bit more of our story. But um, we just realized that as we were getting help for our marriage, Mm. there weren't a lot of quality um, resources out there. I mean, right. podcasts, we've been married a long time. So podcasts didn't exist yet. Right. Okay. That's a newer thing in the Facebook, last few years. Facebook wasn't around yet. That's how oh, old I am. Oh gosh, Pinterest right. wasn't around. Okay. So and Instagram definitely wasn't and here d- yet. No, no, definitely not. Social media didn't exist. So we were really forced to go like to the library, Barnes and Noble. <laughs> and there was like oh, one man. shelf of marriage books and the marriage advice seemed really watered down. Yeah. And I needed a book that was titled like, what do you do if you hate your husband. <laughs> and I couldn't find the real. title. That's real. <laughs> so we started kind of doing our own research and yeah. we were able to turn our marriage around. But with that came this idea of what mm. would it look like if mm. we created mostly online resources mm-hmm. for couples all around the world so that no one could have an excuse not to be um, equipped on right. how to do relationships well. And starting with dating and engage, which I'm glad you yes. reached out because it really does start in the dating years. Right. It doesn't start in marriage. No. It shouldn't I mean, start in marriage. It shouldn't. And it often does. It most of the time. Yeah, Unfortunately, right now. <laughs> it does. And when people, when couples are at such a bad place, the average mm-hmm. cu- married couple waits six years to get help for their marriage. And oftentimes oh, it's wow. too late. Wow. So if people were educated before they moved into marriage, mm-hmm. they'd save themselves a lot of heartache and a lot of money. So anyways- Bring us to here today. Yes. So marriage365.org. We have a nonprofit. Um, We have a staff of 10 right now, and we just continue to grow. But we were excited because last month we reached 3 million different people all around the world. We've got resources. We do retreats, books. Um, We just created a brand new app, but it's not the typical app that you go to the app store and download. It's a membership site, and it's called mymarriage365.org. And there's tons of free resources a free relationship health assessment. And it's yes. even ideal for dating and engaged couples. Yeah. So great. Well, and that's what I also tell people dating. I love everything you're doing, but we need to learn and glean knowledge and wisdom from people who are doing it right and listening and reading these resources because right now there isn't that much on dating. That's why I have this podcast, but we need to at least in the very least go to married people and say, okay, well, what can I learn from what they mm-hmm. have learned? Because those are things you can address now. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. I think the topic for today, which you guys all get to hear about in a minute, yeah. is perfect. So yeah. if you're like, I want to make sure that I, I I pick the right person, I want to make sure that mm-hmm. I have my happily ever after, like you're doing the right thing by listening to this podcast. I'm not mm-hmm. really just trying to show Kate's <laughs> awesome. I really love and I'm really excited to be here. Oh, girl, I'm so excited about this topic. So I'm really happy we're diving into this specifically because I think Again, like we're saying, everything we're saying kind of ties into the topic we're going to, because if we could get, if we could notice and identify some things more while we're dating, we could really have better tools to set us up to like actually get out of dating relationships before they turn into a marriage that then becomes really unhealthy very quickly. Correct. Um, Because one of the things I love that Gary Thomas told me about a year ago is like, if you think, if they're not talking about God right now to you, then they're not talking to God. That's one thing. But he also said like, Hey, if they're not showing these fruits in their life now, it's not going to change in marriage. Like, don't think that by adding marriage to the mix that suddenly here you go. It's all better. The marriage bandaid. No, it's not, it does not work. Um, so that's what we're talking about today. So we are going to be talking about red flags, deal breakers, breaking up. Well, all of this. So let's dive into the first part. Um, I want to ask you this, uh, what, like, obviously red flags happen, but why do you think, why do we commonly miss red flags? What do you, why do you think that happens so frequently? Okay. So there's a couple of reasons. Oftentimes when we're dating, we're obviously on our best behavior. Mm-hmm. We don't want to show the crazy, right? <laughs> we don't want to say like, Hey, I got all these flaws and insecurities. And so we really do want to put our best self forward. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're all people do that naturally. I also think that we focus on the positive and we mm-hmm. don't really look for those red flags or right. we don't know about those red flags. Um, another massive issue is that sex is introduced early, way too early on in yeah, relationships nowadays. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I'm talking first date, first month, first couple of months. And mm-hmm. what happens when we introduce sex too early on is obviously with orgasms and sex, mm. it's such an emotional and vulnerable yeah. and intimate connection, right? Yeah. And there's hormones produced. They yeah. say that it's like the same hit as taking drugs. Oh I mean, gosh. truly, right? Yeah. And so what happens is we introduce sex and then it skews our judgment. Mm. So our our boyfriend or our girlfriend might show some signs of not being a good listener or maybe mm. they just don't really like communicate well, but you know what? The sex is really good. Yeah. The sex is great. Yeah. It's hot and heavy and we're horny. And you know what? We ignore <laughs> yeah. the red flags. Yes. And I would say this is more common with women. Yeah. Um, you know, well, w- women emotionally connect very deeply. Not that guys can't, but it's very, very, I mean, I can speak from my experience as well. Like one of the worst relationships in my life, which ended over six years ago, a huge reason why I stayed in that relationship was because sex was a part of that relationship. Absolutely. And he was terribly abusive and it was Mm. just completely awful. And, but I just, a huge part of why I stayed is because like, oh, but I'm never going to get this kind of connection with anybody else. Absolutely. And it was, you know, a huge, basically a soul tie. You know, I was just totally tied to him and my mind was so skewed that I started holding on because I was like, I can't imagine it with anybody else. Absolutely. So it really Mm -hmm. does skew our judgment. Um, It bonds us in a way. And my husband always says like, you know, you didn't have time to really get to know each other well Uh, on a friendship level, on, you know, differences and common things because sex was introduced. And then really, let's be honest, like when you're dating, Mm -hmm. you're so 
hot and heavy for each other that, okay, you go on date nights, but you're like, okay, when's the next time we get to have sex? When's the next time we get to make out for five hours? And rather (laughs) than really getting to know each other and doing that, you know, work that requires the relationship to make it work. So that's why couples that don't introduce sex. So my husband and I actually didn't have sex before we were married. And my, well, let me say, so I wasn't a virgin. Yeah. I'm very open about that. I was Mm -hmm. not a virgin. Um, and I met my husband who was a virgin Mm -hmm. and I was worried he wasn't going to want to date me because he's waited, you know, we were, Mm -hmm. he was 24 when we got married. I was 20, but he was like, Hey, this is important to me super opposite of a red flag. I was like, wow, this is attractive. Like a man who (laughs) actually can practice self-control and who, who sees my value and doesn't want to take that from me, you Mm. know? Um, and so we was staying for two years, which was really hard. Um, let me tell you, it's, it's, it's a challenge for sure. Not to say that it's easy, but we always say that if you can practice self-control before you're married, you can definitely practice self-control after you're married. Anyways, long story short, if sex is introduced, if you're like, so the question would be, if we didn't have sex, what else would our relationship have? That's a great kind of question for those of you listening yeah. that do have sex and you're maybe feeling a little convicted right now. Yeah. Take the sex factor out. How good of a relationship do you have? Yeah. So, Well, and even with that, Megan, I'll just say because I think so many conversations I have openly with people and friends and stuff like that is like, okay, if it's not actual intercourse, but it's all the, it's a lot of the other stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. All the foreplay. <laughs> yeah. All the other stuff. So it's like, we tow this line of like, oh, but I'm not actually having sex. Yeah. I'm just doing all these other things. Yeah. And I still think that's the same. It's the same thing. So whether you're saying like sex intercourse or just all this other stuff, yeah. it still is cloudy to your mind. Absolutely. And I'm just going to say a statement here, but I mean, oral sex is even more intimate than, mm. than intercourse for most people. Yeah. And that is extremely vulnerable. Mm. And so I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's not sex. I can't get pregnant. But it's even more vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, really. So if you think about it. No, 100%. Yeah. So I think another reason is that couples don't go through enough hard times. Mm. Um like they only experience the fun, the date nights, the learning everything new about each other. Right. And so unless if you know you've gone through a family death or maybe a job loss, you have these opportunities to kind of mm-hmm. see these different personality traits come out yes. with hard times. And so hard times are actually good to go through when you're dating because mm-hmm. you get to see the good, the bad, the ugly. Right. And then the lastly, I would say people actually do recognize the red flags I think a lot of people stuff and they minimize, they make excuses. Yes. They say marriage is going to make this better. Right. Um, yep. You know, we just, you know, everyone goes through these things. If I'm just a better, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, it'll go away. And we, we minimize, we avoid, we stuff, which is so unhealthy. Mm. And we do go into marriage knowing those red flags, but telling ourselves, I'm just read. I'm just over, you know. Yeah, it, it, you're like, as a Christian, especially, we're like, oh, but I see the best in him, and like, okay, but I think that, and I, a friend of mine, Mike Foster, said this one. Sometimes Christians can be some of the most unhealthy people when it comes to being sacrificial and loving people in some capacity because you're seeing so much of the good that you're forcing yourself to only see that and not being realistic. Like 100%. we can't use that as this um, fog to say, oh, but I, they're eventually going to be this. No, yeah. like take them for how they are right now, yeah. what they're showing you to be. And I think the best scripture to read is Proverbs. Mm-hmm. I mean, Proverbs yeah. has so much about wisdom and understanding. And- yeah. And they are very clear in Proverbs about, you know, the certain behaviors and character traits and Mm -hmm. all of that that you're supposed to look for. And what will happen if you, these behaviors 
don't get fixed. Right. Okay. So let's talk about in terms of actual red flags, I want to ask you, I know there's a lot, there's (laughs) like so many, but if you could pick five top red flags that we could share with people, what would those be? Okay. So the first one would be extreme mood swings. So, um, really easily angered, like zero to a hundred, uh, being reclusive for three days and and showing depression in their room where they don't get out, they don't talk to anybody, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, lots of highs and lows. Now, I'm not talking about this happens every once in a while on a bad day because we all have our bad days, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There's a desire sometimes where I have a bad day and I'm like, I just want to stay in my room, right? Yeah. I'm talking about consistently. Yeah. You're, these are usually symptoms that there's a lot of unresolved issues in their mm-hmm. life that they haven't healed, they haven't mourned, yeah. they haven't processed, mm-hmm. or mental illness, like depression, like bipolar, mm-hmm. narcissism, things like that. So mm-hmm. extreme mood swings where if you feel like you're walking on eggshells, that is a red flag. Yes. Okay. So good. The second one would be lack of integrity. Mm-hmm. So people who practice integrity choose what's right mm-hmm. over what's easy. Mm. So if they cheat on their taxes, if they say little white lies, if they just kind of have these small little moments, but there's consistently these moments where they choose what's easy, the easy way out, that shows a lack of integrity. And I think people, you have to marry someone with integrity. You just yeah. do like choosing courage. I know we share the love of Brene, Brene Brown, Brown, right? I love it. I so love that we talked before I know. about her. Oh. Anybody missing out on Brene Brown? You're <laughs> missing. Out. Go after this and get a book. Watch her Netflix special. Okay. I know she's she's got the top. 20 TED Talks of all time. Just search Seriously. that and you'll follow. When in love. I say to someone I'm dating, like, do you, or like on a date, do you know Brennan Brown? If they say no, I'm almost like, okay, I gotta. I, I gotta should go. add that to my list, Kate, <laughs> yeah. of flag. the top five red flags. If you, you don't, don't know, know Brene Brown, Brown, you are Bye. not allowed in my house, in my life. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I really do. She talks so much about choosing courage over comfort, and it yeah. kind of falls into that same category because really she's done so much research on mm-hmm. the healthiest people have integrity. Mm -hmm. They just do. Mm -hmm. So integrity. Um, Mm -hmm. I think another red flag would be uh, family of origin interactions. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that they need to have a healthy family because we've all got some issues (laughs) with our family members. Um, Oh, totally. My husband and I are known for having the most family drama. We would consider ourselves experts in that particular field because between both sets of our parents, there are 12 marriages. Oh my goodness. So we know divorce affairs, blended families, like nobody's business. But I think think it's how they talk about it, yeah. how they respect or disrespect their family members, mm-hmm. how they interact with their family. You can see a lot from someone mm-hmm. by how they interact with their family or even just talk about their family. So if it's very negative, if they're very disrespectful, if they're always involved in family gossip, those are all red mm-hmm. flags good, because yeah. if those, if that's how they're treating their family, you're going to be their family if you get married and you get to be a part of that family as well because our upbringing drastically impacts who we are, Mm -hmm. whether you like it or not. Oh yeah. Just Oh, it's like, it impacts everything. It impacts everything. Yeah. A hundred percent. How we were loved, how we were not loved, how our parents dealt with conflict. So pay attention to how they interact and talk about their family. You know, what's interesting that too is boundaries, like showing, seeing how good they are with boundaries within their family is something I always look at too, because that's the hardest one to establish. I thought it is. Um, and I, I've had recent calls with people where it's just tough. Like your parents 
don't like the person you're dating and how do you handle that and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, but like watching that is another element in there. Like, do they have healthy boundaries? Uh, so let's, can I just give you a quick thing? Yeah. Okay. So we were coaching this couple. Um, we do marriage intensives with couples in crisis yeah. and he was saying and telling us the husband was sharing and, and I have permission to share this. Yeah. We asked him, um, his parents have called him fat mm. his whole life and he accepted it. Oh, and he just said, well, you know, I just, I kind of laugh it off and it's okay. And it was killing his wife. Mm. And really inside, of course, it was crushing him. Yeah. But that's kind of like a red flag. Like he, when we tolerate toxic family behavior, mm. you also want to pay attention to that. So, I mean, every, like, you're, like you said, there's no boundary to say like, hey, mom, dad, you can't call me fat. Like I'm mm. an adult man and that's not okay. Yeah. And it really, really, I mean, stressed him out. And yeah. it was really inappropriate. So even boundaries, a lack of boundaries exactly. yep. with their parents or siblings or grandparents is mm -hmm. one too. Yeah. Um, the fourth one would be, this was actually my husband's suggestion. Um, <laughs> yes, Casey. Interactions with the, uh, with the opposite sex. Oh, yeah. So okay. if they're still really close to a lot of their exes, mm. if they're very flirtatious online, mm. um, if they've always done like, um, yeah, we had like one night stands or like um, they're just hiding their phone a lot or they have like, if it's a guy and they have all of these girlfriends or if it's a girl and she's got all these guy friends, but right. it seems like boundaries are crossed often or they make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Typically people who are very flirtatious with the opposite sex when dating have a very hard time not being flirtatious on the other side of marriage. Oh, definitely. I mean, how are you just going to cut off all of that when you're married? Of it's course. Not, like, yeah. <laughs> and I think that it's not, I'm not saying that you can't have friends of the opposite right. sex, but it's, it's healthy relationships. It's inviting you with, I mean, if you're dating someone mm -hmm. and you, that's for me, right? I, I was dating my husband and I did have a really good guy friend. Mm -hmm. I invited my husband now, but boyfriend back then yeah. with us, it yeah. was a threesome and it was like, Hey, let's all hang out. <laughs> it wasn't like, well, I'm going to go hang out with him and I'm not going to tell you about it. Mm -hmm. So secrecy, just things like that. Just be very cautious and with that's that. Coming back to the integrity too. It's like, do yeah. you have integrity to like if you want to continue some male female friendships, tell your significant other yeah. about introduce them, make it comfortable. Yeah. Um, and, and that, and then like really say like, Hey, how do you feel about me being friends with this person? Yeah. And, and like gauging that, like, how does it make them feel? What's underneath that? Why is it that caring about that? Yes. If they just like, don't care at all. It's like, no, here are all my friends and that's not going to change. And cause I've had that and I'm like, Ooh, wait, <laughs> yeah, but that's really tough for me, actually. Yeah, um, because that means that that person won't budge mm -hmm. or be open to like, oh, I wonder if that does look bad, you know. Yeah. And so I think just really evaluating that their relationships with other people is is important. And then yeah. the last one might surprise you, okay. but it's become a massive issue in the last ten years mm. is screen time. TV, mm. video games, right. phone, being obsessed with their phone, mm. and then porn. We yeah, are can't seeing avoid that one in the screen yeah, time. Yeah. It's it all because if you're mm -hmm. on your phone, you're gonna get pop-ups for porn. Yeah. Uh I I'm I'm gonna stereotype men for a minute. I think mm -hmm. men do have a much difficult time, more difficult time with mm -hmm. uh, a screen usage. Um they target men. Yeah. Not to say that women don't. Yeah. But I would say that that's a really bad sign, and here's why. So emotionally healthy and intelligent people make time to be active. They hang out with friends. They listen to podcasts. Yeah. They read books. They um, have amazing relationships with people. They're yeah. working on themselves. Yeah. How do you do that if you binge watch Netflix every single day for four hours when you get home from work? Mm -hmm. How do you do that if you're in front of a TV 
playing video games or on your phone for hours and hours, you're really, what you're doing is you're just checking out. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what you're doing. You're checking it's out numbing. emotionally. It's a hundred percent. completely numbing or and avoiding. So yeah. I would say my biggest thing is if you are dating someone and they have an abnormal amount of time spent with their screen, fill in the blank. If it's iPad, video game, porn, phone, whatever, yeah, whatever. TV, yeah. um, I would be mm-hmm. very, very concerned. And I would ask, um, I would ask yourself, like, am I okay being with someone who will always put the screen before me? Right. That's really good. And how much and how self-aware are they? And how healthy are they as an individual? Yeah. I mean, because if you bring that up to someone, I mean, it's not hard to say, hey, okay, yeah, I probably shouldn't be so much on my phone or my screen or whatever it is. So if they're totally not open to that, then it's such, that is such a red flag. Yeah. Okay. So now I've had some people send in some questions on this and this next question comes from, um, someone in our group and they asked like, okay, so what is the difference between some red flags that can be worked on versus some that are just complete and total deal breakers? Yeah. Because yeah, there might be a difference there. So I'm curious to have your thoughts on that. So I think that a lot of times most people just don't know how to do relationships well. Mm -hmm. School doesn't equip you. Typically parents aren't sitting down with you talking about how to communicate and how to express your feelings and how to have empathy, right? We don't (laughs) learn these things. So I think you have to give your partner um, an opportunity to shine. Like don't just go up. They've got all these red flags and they're out. Mm -hmm. I think it's an opportunity to communicate like, Hey, I've noticed this because they might not even know they're doing it. Mm, Right. right. They might not even know. So I think it's, um, it's, like, okay, let's take the video games. Hey, babe, I've noticed that, you know, you, you play video games a lot. Like, it seems like you actually enjoy video games more than you enjoy spending time with me. And it's not a judgment. It's just curious. Like, what do you get from that? Like, what do you love? So get curious. Yes. Observe and yeah. see if they – I know, get curious, right? I get Brene curious. Brown I'm again. Like, okay, I know. Here we go. I'm like, I say it all the time. Just get curious. I'm see, curious to learn. <laughs> all of your listeners are feeling so left out, the ones that don't know Brene Brown. I, I really hope it encourages them to go buy <laughs> one of the books or watch her YouTube and Whatever. Yeah, but things. truly, if you get curious, mm-hmm. you can start identifying, is this an, a, a realistic red flag and, and speak up in love and say something. And I think it's about progress. I think mm-hmm. if you communicate it, you know, they should be able to go, you know what? You're right. Like I, I do play video games a lot and you want to see that behavior change, not a verbal change. Like, oh, I should fix this. Yes. But actual change and a desire to work and become a better person. And what I tell to, what I say to people, cause I've done this and I also, as a woman kind of shoot myself in the foot as a strong woman. Cause then I'll be like, what I don't recommend is then checking up every week. So how are you doing on that? So how's this? Yeah. And, and being like this weird accountability partner for them. Yeah. Like you let, uh, pray, process and observe and see mm-hmm. you dropped it out there and now allow them if it's bird something on their heart to, to potentially work on it and figure out their own solution too. Yes. Um, I'm like, you're not their savior. You don't have to give them the roadmap yeah. to success necessarily. So allow, you know, bring it to their attention and allow them and watch. That's so good for me, at least a huge test in relationships to see, okay, I just drop it out there and see how they actually handle it. The key is like you said, drop it out there. We don't make demands. So it's not, you will change video games. And I think a lot of times, unfortunately, we do this in relationships. Mm. We demand, we go, well, I'm not going to be with you unless if this changes. Well, why would you want to change if someone's going to verbalize that to you? Of course not. You request, you put it out there gently and in love, but very clearly like, hey, I've noticed because- two healthy people make healthy relationships. So Mm -hmm. you'd want both of you to recognize, well, gosh, you know, I value this woman 
And if she's seeing this in me and it's hurting her or she thinks it's unhealthy, maybe I should myself get curious and go, why do I play video games so much? Right. So versus coming out of lens that feels disrespectful or feels like there's a lack of respect on either judgment or even judgment. hundred percent. Totally. Okay. So now you guys made this incredible book uh, for conversation and connection starters called, um, 365 connecting questions. And so in reading that, which is amazing, there's so many great questions in there. And I love like just a variety. It covers so many different things. So I think that a lot of this can also be addressed through some of the conversations we're having and some of the questions we're asking. So are there specific conversations or questions to ask so that we specifically can identify if these red flags exist. Well, so I'm a huge advocate for premarital counseling. Mm-hmm. I mean, even for seriously dating, I yeah. think not to scare, you know, your bow away, but I really do think that through quality premarital counseling and um, a lot of things will come up naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually have an online premarital course called Happily Ever After. Yes. So, yes, so for good. couples that are like, I don't know if I want like to meet with someone or that's also really expensive. So we understand that. So yeah. it's very affordable. It's all self-paced online. Um, but that's I, really good. That's so awesome. It's yeah. called, and it's so easy to find happilyeveraftercom Like yeah. it's so easy. And I'm going like, to send that link to people after yeah, this. Yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely. You know what I can do is I can actually give you a special code. So for your <gasps> listeners and they yes. can get a discount on it. Oh, Oh, perfect. We'll put it in the, I'll say it before or after the episode. Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah, girl. Um, I think it's best to just be as smart and as wise and as mm-hmm. knowledgeable as you can. So I think the book that we, that we wrote mm-hmm. is not what's your favorite color? <laughs> what's your favorite food? Like these are deep questions Yes. and it's about sex yes. and intimacy, past relationships, family of origin, communication, conflict. I mean, you name it, we address it. We even mm-hmm. have a section for people who've been married before. So That's second great. marriages, like you know, things like that. But I think there's two topics, the must ask questions. I mean, the book's going to get you there. It's yeah. there's 365. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm thinking about this. How did you write 365 questions? Well, amazing. we've walked through so many, our passion, our main passion is yeah. premarital counseling. Yes. We love working with premarital couples because yeah. they have such an eagerness to say, I want to do this right. Mm-hmm. And if they take it seriously, People who do premarital counseling have a 30% higher chance of staying happily married. So so knowing that statistic, it's like, why not? Mm -hmm. Right? So past relationships, you have to learn and talk about past relationships. And I actually just made notes of a couple that I think um, are really important uh, in my book. And it says, what did your past relationships teach you about love, trust, and commitment? And you want to look when you're talking to your boyfriend or girlfriend, you want to hear you don't want to go, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't knows. I don't knows shows that they have a very low processing uh, talent. Like mm-hmm. they've never really thought about it and that's okay. But then go do a follow-up and go, well, Hey, why don't you think about it and tell me like on our date on Friday, because you want to process the damage, yeah. the good, the bad, the ugly from past relationships. Yes. And and you don't ever want to hear like, well, it was all of my partner's fault. They made all the mistakes. Yes. It's like, well, didn't you see some of it? I mean, you dated for four years. How did you not see it? Right? Um, another- That's definitely a red flag. If it's only my ex, 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 oh. bad, bad, bad. I'm like, no, you learned something from that too because you also were with them. So Absolutely. what did you learn? <laughs> so another important question to ask about exes and spou- like past, I mean, if you've been married before and whatnot is, yeah. were any of your past relationships toxic? And I think that what happens is, Mm -hmm. 
kind of like what we were talking about in the beginning, you probably ignored red flags. Like you saw it, like you saw these things come up, but you stayed with the person. Mm -hmm. So even like taking ownership to your part is a great opposite of a red flag. So if you're with someone and they say, you know what, I work too much. I didn't really invest in the relationship and that's why we broke up. That is taking complete ownership for your part. Even if the girl, the guy was psycho (laughs) or they were abusive, like we teach people how to treat us. Oh my gosh. I love everything you're saying. I say that all the time. I just said it yesterday to someone in the call. I'm like, you're teaching that person how to treat you through your boundaries and through what you're allowing. Yeah. So So a common mm -hmm. one is like, oh, well, you know, he cheated on me or she cheated on me and I stayed. It's like, but you taught them even just dating, that they could do that and there wasn't any change. Anyways, so definitely so past many, relationships yep, is a so huge good. one. Yeah. Same thing like how early was sex introduced into the relationship mm-hmm. with your ex? And then the other topic is family of origin. I mm-hmm. think if you narrow – I mean, they're all important, but I think if you talk about past relationships yeah. and if you talk about family of origin – and our book has, I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens of questions in both of those topics. And I think what you're saying too is if there's a, if you notice that they have never reflected on these things, there yes. you go. That's that's also the red flag a problem. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And give them the opportunity to reflect, yes. but hopefully they don't come back to you and go, oh, I still haven't thought about it. Then you know that they're not as emotionally healthy as where they should be. And they don't have the, what I always say is like the number one quality you need to look for in someone is teachability. Yes. I think if someone has a teachable heart, can do a lot of things with somebody with a teachable heart, but we don't, we're not in the culture as much where we have teachable spirits. We're like, no, I'm good as I am. Like you hear the line, that's just how I am. Yes. I'm like, okay, let, let's get curious on why. Yes. Like it's yeah. not just like, that's just how I am. Well, and I think that we actually are overly educated in our career. Mm-hmm. Like we're, I mean, people are going to school for much longer. I mean, we're like college degrees yeah. 50 years ago. You didn't even need one to get a job, right? right. Now it's like, so well, good true. luck, right? And there's yeah. all these different things. So we're very educated in our career path, but we're very mm-hmm. undereducated with our relationship skills mm-hmm. and our communication skills. Yeah. yeah. We say too, be a learner. Be a learner. Be a learner. I love Be a learner. I'm yeah. like, I'm a learner of life, you guys. Yes. yes. <laughs> learner of life. Hey, friend, popping in here for a quick break in the episode today. I got a question for you. Do you want some extra community and support during this time? Well, if you do, I want to encourage you to take your relationship with us to the next level and join what we're doing in our Heart of Dating community. You can join the party over on Instagram at at Heart of Dating, where we post helpful and encouraging content almost every single day. And we also love hearing from you in our private DMs, and we interact with just about every single DM that we get. Now, another way you can connect with us is to go to Facebook by visiting facebook.com forward slash heart of dating. You can like our Facebook page, check out what we're doing over there, and then you can even request to join our private Heart of Dating Facebook community. You can do that by going to the left-hand side of the Heart of Dating Facebook page, clicking groups, and selecting the private group and filling out a few questions to join. Now, there's one more thing that I want to share with you that's an incredibly helpful resource during this time. Right now, more than ever, we've been inundated with extreme changes, and it might be causing levels of confusion, grief, and even fear and anxiety within your life. I got to speak for myself personally, and I know that I've been struggling with an abnormal amount of fear and anxiety in this season. So something that's really helped me at the moment has been being able to actually talk to someone who can truly help me sort through all the things I'm thinking and feeling. 
So for me, that looks like going to therapy. And specifically in this moment, I love going to Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling is a faith-based online therapy network that incorporates Christian principles, prayer, and spiritual practices. To find the therapist that's right for you and your needs, you just have to fill out a quick form and you'll get connected with the therapist in under 24 hours. You can log in to your Faithful Counseling account at any time. You can send a message to your counselor and you can also schedule weekly video or phone sessions and do it all virtually from the comfort of your home. Another thing that I love about Faithful Counseling is that financial aid is available. And not only that, it's pretty affordable already. So guys, if you've been looking to try out therapy, and especially right now, if you just are finding yourself really confused and needing to process some things, then I encourage you to consider trying out Faithful Counseling. And for Heart of Dating listeners, you get 10% off your first month by going to getfaithful.com forward slash heart of dating. That's getfaithful.com forward slash heart of dating. All right, guys, back to the episode. Okay, so while we're dating or in relationships, I want to talk about the major deal breakers. So maybe some top deal breakers, especially if people are in relationships now, they're noticing things and they're confused, they're not sure what to do. What are some top deal breakers that is like, you should probably end this? Okay, so I want to list obviously abuse and addiction. Yeah. Those are never okay. Yeah. You cannot help an addict unless they help themselves. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be the one to do it. I can tell you that totally right now. Totally codependent otherwise. Yep. Codependent. Yep. You're, you can't force them to go to rehab. So if you're with someone that has an addiction, whether it's sex, porn, drugs, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that is, alcohol, you're not going to be their cure mm-hmm. unless if they're ready. And I think it's really unhealthy to be in a relationship with someone that's an, that's an addict. They need to get help. They need to get healthy themselves. Yeah. Um, the other one obviously is abuse. Any kind of abuse that's yeah. including neglect. Neglect yeah. is a form of abuse. So yeah. if they're neglecting you, they're, they leave for a month and you don't hear from them. Um, obviously verbal abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, any of that mm-hmm. is never allowed. But other than that, the first and foremost, mm-hmm. biggest red flag, run for the hills, is if you see your boyfriend or girlfriend as an emotionally lazy person, person. Mm-hmm. meaning that you have communicated those little red flags you've seen, yeah. like, hey, I don't see you communicating, or hey, like, I've noticed this, and they continue to show a lack of wanting to be a learner mm-hmm. to show up and do the work. Right. That they're just like, because eh, that runs deep. Some people just really don't care about expressing their feelings. They don't care about you know, how you feel or validating what you, and they just really like, it's just not their jam. And that's a really, really hard marriage. And it's a really sad place for those people. I always feel really sad for them. I'm like, gosh, you're missing out on so much and you're never going to reach true fulfillment and happiness in any capacity. A hundred percent. So if they're emotionally lazy when they are, when you are dating, Mm -hmm. I am 99.9% sure that they will be emotionally lazy in marriage. Mm -hmm. And that's a hard marriage. Uh, The second one Mm -hmm. would be extreme selfishness. So during conversations, it would be all about them. It's all about their needs, their wants, their goals, their desires. We call it like ping pong conversations. When you have a healthy conversation, I hear from you, you listen to me, we bounce back and forth. There's a lot of people who dominate conversations. Mm -hmm. And you're like, gosh, And, and a lot of times people who are really good listeners don't see this. So kind of watch out for that. Like if you're kind of more easygoing, you're a listener, you're a follower, and your boyfriend or girlfriend is very more like strong leader, but if it's kind of all about them, that's a significant sign that they're selfish. Selfishness doesn't belong in marriage. If you are are like, this is me 
and this is my life and I want to do it this way, you shouldn't get married because that's it won't work. That's I can, one of the biggest problems we have right now yes. because we're getting married later and that is yeah. how we feel. And it's harder as singles later in life. It, Correct. it really is. But that is the mentality we have. Well, I have my perfect life right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've uh, Yeah. If you lived an independent lifestyle for 10, 20 years and then all of a sudden you have to get married, there's it, marriage requires sacrifice. It's mm-hmm. not about sacrificing everything that you want to do. Of course not. A healthy yes. marriage is it's mutual sacrifice. Mutual. Mm-hmm. So another thing I would say is different faith, different religion. Um, I think religion and faith and spirituality is such a core value to many people. And if you're with someone that just like doesn't care, it doesn't really affect, I feel like the first part of your marriage, but when you parent, Mm. it's how are the kids going to be raised? Um, Decision-making. Well, I decide because I pray about it. Well, I don't pray. So then what do you do? Yeah. Right. And so yeah. I do feel like that doesn't become an issue as much until a little bit later, but it becomes a massive issue. There's not a lot of, I was actually looking for statistics, but we have never seen couples have uh, different religions and have actually made it work. I know it's possible, Yeah, but I'm guessing that they don't practice their faith in large ways. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm Jewish or, oh, I'm Catholic, but they just like kind of live it. Yeah. You know? That's so interesting. Yeah. So if you're like an ex- – like if you love God with all your heart, mind, yeah. and soul, and you're with someone who doesn't, I mean, I just – I think that's a red flag. Oh, uh, completely. Yeah. I, we have so many people who ask about that. Well, what if this? What if – and I've actually talked to lots of girls and guys who are later in their 30s who are like, but literally the guys I meet or the girls I meet that are not Christian are actually – actually great pursuers and great in conversation. And they're like, they're having better luck and connections yeah. with people. And so it's so frustrating. I'm like, don't, but still don't give up that value. Because it's a, if it's a core value for you, yeah, then that will come up later in life. You'll be frustrated often. Yeah, um, yeah. Another thing is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, if there's mental health issues mm. that are not being addressed. Mm. So I'm not saying that you don't marry someone with mental health issues. I'm saying though, that if like they should be on meds and they're not on meds, uh, if they're like, oh, no, no, I'm depressed, but I'm good right now. Uh, heck no, run for the hills. Mental illness is a massive issue. I love that our culture is starting to talk about it and bring yeah. awareness, but they're ne- they need to be under doctor's care or they need to be having a plan. Like yes. not just like, oh, I got diagnosed with bipolar, but you know, I don't want to take meds. Uh, what? Yeah. No, yeah, no, 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 not at all. Yeah. You're like, uh, no. <laughs> okay. And then the last one I kind of came up with, I think is, is not as common, but it's needs to be said extreme introvert with mm. an extreme extrovert. It never works. Oh, it oh my just gosh. doesn't work. Let me tell you why. That's fascinating. Introverts get their energy from what? Being by themselves, mm. quiet book, maybe with one f- friend. Extroverts get their energy with being around people. Mm. Imagine being married and your spouse that's an extreme extrovert is always wanting to go to parties and go out and be the social person and have people over. And you're like, um, and you're the introvert, which yeah. feels instantly draining to you to even think about going to a party. <laughs> yes. What happens is you live independent lifestyles. Mm. So the extreme extrovert's like, well, this is who I am. And the introvert's like, but this is who I am. Cause you don't, that doesn't change. Mm. You can somewhat morph. Like I used to be an extreme extrovert and I've I'm called an ambivert now where like I'm half introvert, half extrovert. Same. That's exactly. Yeah. I'm, I embrace JOMO, Brene Brown again. There you go. Yes. The joy of missing out way more. I totally. used to have FOMO in my life yes. majorly. In my 20s, I had FOMO. Now, yeah. I, now I'm JOMO. Who knows what I'm going to be in my 60s? Yeah, yeah. But I do think that um, it's a really, really mm. hard and toxic combo for most people because you're, you're, you're going to live two independent 
uh, lives. And that's not a marriage. Yeah. So just pay attention. It doesn't mean that an introvert and extrovert can't get married. I'm talking more extremes. I'm talking extreme introvert, like anxiety with social settings. And then you are married. Now, typically people that have that aren't attracted to each other. Yeah. But we find it every once in a while. And it's so fascinating. Yeah. Every once in a while it comes about and it's a really tough combo. So my husband and I are both extroverts, so we're fine. It's yeah. never an issue. Yeah. It's really common for an introvert to marry an extrovert. It's just, just know that like you're going to have to go to social settings if yes. you're an introvert. There has to be a level of balance. You still have to find levels of commonalities and things you guys like to do together. I Correct. mean, at the end of the day, I always say you want to be best friends. So if you're like yeah. extreme extrovert, extreme introvert, and you guys don't really like doing any of the same things yeah. at all, then it, I mean, I don't know how you're going to be best friends with the person. That's 100%. Really, really but I had to throw that out there because that does happen. Yeah, yeah. Super fascinating. Okay. So someone brought this up and I thought it was really interesting, but how do you decide if an issue is something that you definitely should break up on or decide to be patient on it? And we kind of touched on this a little bit, yeah. but that you like, I mean, how do you know? Is it what you said earlier? Like you bring it up and see you if bring they it work up. on it? Yeah. You bring it up. You give them time uh, to yeah. show you that they really do see that oh, this is an issue. I should work on it. I mean, I think that through their actions, Mm -hmm. you'll get to know, wow, okay, so I brought it up a couple of times and there's still no change. I mean, are you, then you make the decision. Am I willing Mm -hmm. to be with this person if they stay like this forever? Right. Because if you've already suggested it and you've already requested something and you've already put it out there and they're still not changing, they're probably not going to (laughs) change. And if it annoys you, it's going to annoy you 30,000 times more on the other side of marriage. <laughs> Whatever I'm telling you, being married Cannot 16 years, it more. you should see my face. My veins are popping yeah, out. I mean, it like, will ah. it will magnify significantly. Yes, and so you true. can't marry someone and, and know that they have this issue and then go, well, you should change. But you married them knowing that they were like that. That's mm. not fair to ask of someone. Mm-mm. It's not. Then you have to turn the finger on yourself. It's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You already you knew this. A hundred percent. I have to say, just because my husband does have ADHD, he was mm-hmm. actually diagnosed at age six. Um, if there's any kind of diagnosis, autism, ADHD, mental illness, anything, um, it's never going away. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to live that life? It's a hard life. It's mm-hmm. a very very hard marriage. I work very hard. My husband and I are very intentional. I mean, we do have a healthy marriage, but I have had to sacrifice and learn so much about how his brain works with ADHD. We've had to dabble on what meds are best. And we've had meds that made him act crazy. And we've had him with no meds. Like that's the lifestyle that you Mm -hmm. are going to live. And then usually mental illness is hereditary. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to have your children come out yeah. and have mental illness issues yeah. or that same diagnosis that your spouse has? So right. be aware. And that should be a deal breaker for some of you that are like, I don't know if I want to have a life. That's okay to say. Yeah, It's okay to yeah. say. It's okay. Yeah. But don't pretend that you do and then be resent the person later. You have to, if you know it, 100%. then you're signing up for it. And it, that's beautiful. And I think it's yeah. amazing, but yeah, you have to be okay with it. Um, this question I, I think is so pertinent, especially in Christian relationships, but thoughts on where the line is between encouraging someone to become closer to God versus, you know, trying to rescue them in faith which ends up just being codependent, to be yeah. honest. So yeah. where is the line in that, especially if your faiths are a different place, Christian faith? So I'm not a fan of missionary dating, never have been. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know it's possible. I know people have done it. I did it once in my past, and it actually ended up really good because the guy wasn't a Christian, and now he's a pastor. Hey! Hey! 
that's great. But you I was didn't six, marry him. And I didn't marry him, yeah. but I was 16. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. Um, but anyways, I think that, you know, if we if we're trying to rescue someone, it's like they're our project. And I don't think that that should ever be your mm-hmm. job as a boyfriend yep. or a girlfriend is mm-hmm. like, well, you're my project. Um, you yeah. should see the person have their own desire to have a relationship with God. So yeah. my rule is rate yourself. Rate yourself on how much you value your relationship with God. Like if you're a 10, that means like, you know, you are spending time with Jesus every day. You're mm. praying. You're listening to the Holy Spirit. You're, you have goals. You, before you make decisions, you're saying, God, you know, where are you directing me? Mm-hmm. If that's you then I hope you're dating someone and that you choose someone that's up, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 with you because yeah. you'll have that in common and you want to have that in common. Yes. But if you're like, I love God, but he's kind of like an accessory. Like I only go to him when I need him or I'm kind of in like a dry place. Then yeah, I mean, then be with, be honest with yourself. Yeah. Don't make up a lie at. that you're a 10 when you're really a four. Yeah. That's okay. God already knows where you're at. You can't yeah. pretend from him. And so then, yeah, but I would say be with someone who's at the same level as you. You know what's interesting? It's reminding me too is all the people who are like, I want this, especially from women. I hear this. Okay. But like, I want this amazing man leader. Like say they are a four or five, but they're like, I want a guy who's a 10. I'm like, you, that's not fair. So yeah. you can't, you have to turn the expectation you have around on yourself as well and test yeah. yourself of like, if that's what you want, what are you doing in your own life to get to that level of faith that you want? You can't expect the guy to just especially when I hear this for women or similar with guys who are like, oh, well, the women are great and they're super like this and they're going to help me, you know, because yeah. women aren't really good at helping the men. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, you're, yeah. No, you have to test if where your faith is at. Yeah. That's like. Before you can judge their faith, you actually have to like almost judge yourself. Like where right. am I at? God, where am I really at? Mm-hmm. And the more self-aware and healthy you are, the more honest and realistic your number will be. And then you can kind of gauge and say like, honestly, can I picture myself with someone who's a two when I'm a 10. Yeah. If you're listening to the Holy Spirit, he's going to tell you, uh, nope. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't break up. I think it just means that you should, I go back to get curious. Get curious. Why am I with this person where we're so different in our faith? Yeah. Why am I with this person? Like, let's observe. And if there's a willingness to grow in his faith or her faith, fantastic. Yeah. Just don't rush into anything. And especially if that person's willing, I always say the litmus test for me is, is that person willing to grow with or without you there? Yes. If they're willing to do that and showing you that by getting their own mentors, discipleship, working, you know, praying and doing whatever they can to be active on their own, then I'm like, oh, okay, they're working at it. So honestly, I'm, I'm up for that. That's teachability. I think too, I think, sorry, but the sexiest thing that like a man or woman can do is pray for you. (laughs) Like if you're dating and they're like, you know what? Like, like, let's say you had the flu. Yeah. I remember I had the flu when we were dating and my, my husband obviously now was like, can I just like pray for you? And I'm like, oh my God, who are you? I love you. (laughs) But you know what? I'm sick. I need help. He's like, let me just pray for you. The fact that he yes. did that when we dated, I knew that I was going to get that on the other side of marriage. Oh, girl. Anytime a guy's like, if we're like, in a, and he's like, can I pray over that? And I'm like, oh, okay. We don't have to kiss. Just keep doing that. <laughs> like, I'm good. Yeah. A hundred percent. So you're just going to look, like you said, yeah. get curious, look for those kinds of signs mm-hmm. of the willingness to be open to getting closer to God is, so is a great thing. Just But if there's no willingness... And you're at an eight, nine, ten, 
then question your own self of why am I in this relationship? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We still have more questions and we got to fly through them. Oh my gosh. There's so many good things, Megan. Okay. (laughs) So if you aren't just feeling it with the person or if you don't have peace, how do you navigate that? Because a lot of people, that's the thing. I just don't know. I'm not feeling it as much. I don't have peace. Yeah. How do we navigate that? So I definitely say never minimize those feelings. That's great that you're feeling that. That's great. You're aware and pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, being able to, we get in trouble if we minimize it and don't do anything about it and then get married and look back and say, oh shoot, I kind of didn't feel it, but I got married anyways. So, you know, make sure you check your heart that you don't just want the wedding and the honeymoon and the idea of marriage. Mm -hmm. Look at the person because if you're not feeling it when you're, when you're dating, you're definitely not going to feel it when you're married. And we Mm -hmm. say like, we hashtag everything. My husband has a tattoo of it choose love. I choose love. Love is actually a choice. So when you're dating, you actually should feel more of the excitement and the butterflies and like, it should be exciting. And that's not to say that that all goes away, but I don't wake up every day going, Oh my God, I'm in love with my husband, like butterflies. Sorry, but that's just marriage is very mundane. Actually, we always say embrace the mundane. (laughs) So if you're not having peace, don't ignore that. Definitely. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you need to assess if it's just like a day, but if you've felt like that for some time. Or if you yeah. struggle with anxiety, like, okay, yeah. make sure you're praying and processing through it. And, um, then, and then my suggestion is meet with a trusted friend, yeah. a mentor, someone that's very safe, that knows you and knows your partner and can say like, hey, and they can challenge you and ask you some good questions and help you kind of make a pros and cons list of so like, yep. where am I at? So good. Okay. So if the person decides or sees that there's a lot of red flags or they just can't picture their life with that person, like we were just saying, how do we move forward with a healthy and kind breakup? Because breakups go wrong all the time. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I've been in that situation a lot. So the first thing to do is to figure out kind of the core issue or issues. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't make too long of a list, like not like 30 things. These are all the 30 things that I don't like about you. Yeah. Yeah. No, No. that's just mean. (laughs) Don't don't be mean. Um, But I do think writing out like if if I could pinpoint one or two things that is really the issue, mm-hmm. um, I think writing it down and practicing it. Mm-hmm. So people oftentimes don't practice their communication before they speak it. Yeah. So if you struggle with communicating your feelings, if you struggle with you know being eloquent when you speak, I think writing it down, looking in the mirror, practicing actually kind of, I don't want to say your speech, but your spiel that you're going to say yeah, when you break so, up. That's exactly what I do. I'm like, yeah. It and will, your facial expressions. Your facial you expressions. look in the mirror, it help, your face is a lot. <laughs> your body language, yes. but then you know what it does? It gives you confidence mm-hmm. and we want to be confident when we move into the relation or when we move into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Now we don't want to be critical. Yeah. We don't want to judge mm-hmm. and we don't want to be cruel or mean. Right. Yeah. So we want to also be respectful. And so there's a way to say it. So let's say I'm going to bring back the video games. Cause it <laughs> seems like this is a really big issue. Um, you know, Hey, like I just want to share with you, like I, I've loved our time spending, I think starting with a positive. Yeah. Okay, it's always good. I'm into the sandwich effect. Honestly. Yes, yeah. we call it the kiss, kick, kiss method. <laughs> there we you go. You start with a kiss, not a physical kiss, but you start with a kiss, something positive. Then you go in for the punch, the core issue. Then you end with like, but I appreciate our time together. But yeah, I think if you do the video game thing, you say, you know, I, I, I've like loved the last few months we've spent together. Mm-hmm. It's been incredible getting to know you. We've had our ups and downs, but you know, a few months ago I mentioned, you know, your use of screen time, and it was mm-hmm. really concerning to me because, like, here we are, have this amazing 
date night and the minute you get home, like you just want to watch video games, that's like a big turnoff for me. Mm-hmm. I communicated to you. I requested that that would change. I didn't really see any, you know, change in that. Yeah. And I'm really feeling like this is a massive issue that I'm just not really willing to put up with right now. And mm-hmm. so I think it's best for us to just call it quits for what it is right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not mad at you. So you can only initiate that conversation if you've forgiven that person. Mm, if you go into the conversation with anger, resentment, depression, sadness, I mean, you could be sad, but I'm talking about like, I hate you. Like, I want to kill you. Like, yeah. you're a jerk. It's uh, it's not going to be delivered. So if you've chosen to forgive, like, you know what? This person hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. Or maybe they just don't have the capacity to be emotionally healthy right now. Awareness. Yeah. They don't want to be a learner. Mm-hmm. They are who they are. You've tried the only thing you can control is yourself. Exactly. It's yep. the radical ownership model. It's like the only thing we can control and you can't control how they receive the information. Oh, if you try your best to be kind and loving and graceful as much as you possibly can and truthful. I think you should be truthful. Yes. And they don't receive it well. Then that's not your that's fault. Not, exactly. That's not often on you. I see people are like, oh, but like, oh my gosh, I need to like be there for them. No. Yeah. You And don't back out of your decision. Like yep. you go into that. Do it. Yeah, like be I, confident. Yep, be confident. That's so good, Megan. Okay, so the last thing I want to ask you is if you break up and after some time there's still a desire to be together, how would you navigate that? I'm so <laughs> glad you asked this. Okay, let me tell you the biggest issue. Okay. So these couples that are like on again, off again, on again, off again, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to address that because I think- Oh my gosh, it's so- It's so common, so right? Yep. So this is what happens. They broke up because there was a significant issue mm-hmm. or they wouldn't have broken up. Right. It wasn't yep. fixable. Otherwise, they would have stayed together and fixed it and worked through it, right? So the the rule is, is if it was fixed, then sure, if you're still feeling the vibe, there's still that attraction, then get back together. The problem is, is that most people break up they don't fix the issue and they miss each other. Mm-hmm. Or if there was sex right. in the relationship, right. they miss the great hot sex. Or if there was a lot of fun and adventure, they miss that. Mm-hmm. But the core issue of, of why you broke up wasn't fixed. Never get back together or you will be in the same place you were a year later yes. going, this issue is still not fixed. Do you think there's a certain amount of time to wait and see before? I do. Yeah. I, I think – I don't think that anyone should date less than a year. Mm-hmm. But even if you're I abstinent. Like that. No, I'm into that. Yeah. I don't think that's enough. To, there's just not enough time to see the crazy come out. We call it the crazy. <laughs> not that – we all are a little crazy. Come yeah. on, on the spectrum. Or go through seasons. We say that said that way yes. earlier, but go through something hard together. Yeah, something difficult together. Um, but I think that if you do break up, I think there should be at least six months. Okay. At like least that. six months. Um, and, and let's just say they can't come back to you and go, oh, well, I worked on it. I want to actually see the change Yeah. because you can't really change in a month or two if it's a big drastic thing. Yeah. Come on. You, it's, it takes some time to form a habit. So you want it to be that they really have, and you want to look for self-awareness. Yeah. You want to look for ownership. Like if you broke mm-hmm. up with someone because they worked too much and work always won, yeah. You want to make sure that they now have healthy boundaries in place. Yeah. Not just, well, I'm working less. No, no, no. Show me how. And that it's been going on consistently for six months. Yeah. It yeah. takes over 60 days to form a true long-term habit. So yes. at least, in the very least, they need – but also set up themselves up with like systems and other people and accountability. And they're like, hey. And then they come back to the table. You're like, okay. Yeah. It's not just, hey, I've changed. It's like – I've had people come back that said, hey, I noticed this, I've changed, and I do want to prove that to you. Yeah. And I'm 
I've done that before. I've said, okay, I mean, I'm really going to be cautious Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be watching and it's going to take some time for me to trust that this has changed. I'm open to that. Um, But they have to show. You have to be able to see it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of couples who do go back and forth on and off, they don't have a lot of success being committed in marriage. Mm -hmm. I mean, so like my husband and I, we never broke up, like broke up when we were dating. And I'm not saying that it's bad if you do, but Mm -hmm. I think multiple times shows like, wow, so when things get tough. Is that your ammo? Like to leave and to break up? Because guess what? When you're married, there's no giving up. Mm -mm. You better not. You know, this is like, so the mindset is we're going to work through it. And that's where like, you shouldn't even have to break up. That's hopefully we're like, if you're with someone that's healthy, I would say there's, there you go. There's a red flag. (laughs) Let's add another red flag is if you're having to break up and then they change and then they get back together Mm -hmm. and then like, okay, I worked on it. And then something else comes up and it's hard. And then the ammo is like, okay, well maybe we shouldn't like, this isn't working. And then they break up again. Mm -hmm. That that's a really bad rhythm because you can't do that in marriage. And that's a really hard rhythm to break in general. I think with where we're at right now, because there is a lack of perseverance where we're at, where Instagram gratification, like yeah. let me get it and what's the new best thing. And so when it gets hard, okay, cool. Yeah. There's something else out there. To quote our favorite, Brene Brown, <laughs> yes. right? The lack of integrity. It's yeah. doing, because the easy way is to truly break up, not always, but the easy way when you're in a committed relationship is to go, well, I just don't want to work on that. Yeah. Versus to say, you know what? My my partner does see this, mm-hmm. this red flag and I'm going to change. You know what? I do notice that I need to work on this. I mean, yeah. that's sexy. That's like, yes. oh, you're a learner. You're willing to be teachable. Uh-huh. Awesome. Let's do this. That's what you want. So let's see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing is sexier to me than the learn- the teachability, being a learner. I'm like, okay, other than the prayer, I'm like, <laughs> okay, you want to learn? You're reading a book. You're sending me something that you've learned. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, yes, that yeah. you could be David Beckham and I'm not going to like you if you don't, if you're not a learner. Yeah. <laughs> it will, you're, you, you can't make a marriage work if mm-hmm. you have only one person learning, adapting, yeah. sacrificing. You have to have two people that are willing, even if they don't, it's because it's not about perfection. It's about mm-hmm. progress. Right. So two healthy people make Mm -hmm. a healthy relationship, two healthy individuals make a healthy marriage. Well, healthy people recognize I could always be better than I was yesterday. Yeah. So good. All right, girl, this has been so rich. I feel like people are going to have to go back and re-listen multiple times. Take notes, everybody. I'll tell them and warn them in the intro, but, um, I end every episode with the same last question, which is what is your final dating nugget advice for the listeners today? Well, I kind of just said it, but I, I do I do think, you know, my my tagline, I don't want to say my tagline, but the mm. best advice I ever got was if you want to make a better marriage, make a better you. Mm. And I think that before we can look at the negative or mm. focus on the red flags and all that's important, I think first we have to look at ourselves. And I always have this visual that there's this circle and inside the circle, it's like, it says my words, my actions, my attitude, my habits, right? Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Because you can't really point out all the flaws in other people Mm -hmm. until you really look at yourself, you know? And it's not to say to ignore the red flags for sure, because I think it's so important. But first do that. Get curious with yourself. Like where are areas that I can improve on? Mm -hmm. And then I think after that, then you can expand because you only do have control over yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you're with someone that has all these red flags or you're feeling really discouraged right now. Cause I know I'm sure some people are like, Oh my gosh, like she just identified so many of the red flags that I've had in my past relationships that I keep repeating in these dating relationships. I don't want someone to feel super discouraged just to say, you just need to spend a little time on yourself first, get yourself healthy, Mm -hmm. you know, and you, as you get more self-awareness and work on all those things that you do have control over, um, you will be, you'll be able to pick healthy people. You'll see the world differently. 
And that's exciting. That's like exactly what you're saying. It's like, I, I think that's exciting not to discourage people, but like, Hey, you guys, this is awesome. Like you're becoming a better person. I love yeah. that. If you want a better marriage, be a better year, whatever. Yeah. Make yeah. A, if you want to make a better marriage, make a better you. Yeah. yeah. So if you good. want a good partner, be a good partner. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could fill it in with anything, right? Even yeah. in a dating relationship, yeah. like you are, we teach people how to treat us. So if you are unhealthy, you're probably attracting another unhealthy person. So Mm -hmm. get yourself healthy and, you know, with Jesus, I mean, not to be cheesy, but truly if you're listening to him and his voice, he will convict you. (laughs) He is talking to us all the time. Are we willing to listen? Mm -hmm. Are we willing to be obedient? Mm -hmm. And are we willing to not live like a lot of the world lives. And that's a lot of sacrifice, but it's so worth it. It's, it's so, worth, so it. worth it. Megan, thank you so much. This was amazing. I can't wait to see the reaction to this episode. I'm going to like pump it out there so much because everyone needs to hear this. Yes. So thank you for just um, preparing for this and all of the wisdom. It's so, so helpful for us. Yes. And if anyone's listening and knows Brene Brown, <laughs> Kate and I want to have lunch with her. It's on our bucket yes, list. Yes, please. We Make it happen. I will do whatever you need me to do. I will give you premarital counseling for free. Like we, her and I need to sit down with Brene Brown because we love her. As you guys can see, we are clearly obsessed. So please help us out in our end goal, our bucket list. It's like very top to my list. Yes, so I know. I don't even know, like I would be beside myself if this could happen. And we don't have to do it separate. I mean, we should do it together. Yeah, we it can do it together. It could be all three of us yeah. and... I don't even care if it's for 15 minutes. I'll take it. I'm like, I will take any moment of time. I'll get her tea, whatever she wants. Honestly, I don't care. I'll yeah. come to her. Like, go, we'll go to her. Go we to can Houston. go to Texas. Yeah, yeah. My family's in Texas. Let's we do got it, girl. It. We can stay there with my dad. He lives there. Perfect. All right, Megan, you're awesome. I'll include all the links and the discount to your engagement course, all of that. And just thank you so much for being with me today. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Come on, Megan Caston. That was so, so good. I hope you guys are taking some notes today because that was some true talk right there. I also love that Megan mentioned that sex is a huge reason why we often miss these red flags, okay? And I don't mean just intercourse. I mean any crossing of physical boundaries. Megan says, if you can practice self-control before you're married, you'll be able to practice it after you're married. Adding too much physical intimacy can cloud our minds, which fully ties into last week's episode on sex, purity, and virginity with Mo Isom. I just love when all these things come full circle, y'all. So Megan, thanks again for sharing your incredible wisdom with us today. And guys, go ahead and make sure you check out our Heart of Dating website for a reminder of all the discounts we are offering on the Marriage 365 books, as well as their course for engaged and premarital couples today at happilyeveraftervelove.com. You can use the code HEARTOFDATING20 for a discount on this course, a 20% discount, as well as on their book, okay? So y'all better take advantage of it. I cannot be more thankful for your support of the Heart of Dating podcast. I am blown away by your rankings, reviews, messages, all of it. If you want to be a part of our inner circle and support what we are doing, we encourage you to pledge any dollar amount that you want on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash heartofdating. Also, if you like this podcast, would you please consider giving us a review? It helps us immensely and we cannot thank you more. Until next time, friends. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.